Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now, as we come on this day to look into your word, we ask that the word will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby, that we shall be like a tree planted by the waters and that our leaves will bear fruit in due season. We thank you and we honor you for this opportunity to declare your word unto your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends and family, we are on episode number two of our series called Confronting Conflict. Episode number two. And the whole focus of this episode is that our differences can be sources of division in the church. But by the grace of God, they can also be our greatest strength. We must live in the reality of the unity that Christ has made and do so with love. And as I said, this is the second episode of our series called Confronting Conflict. Our first episode, which our title was, uh, subtitle was Home Peace. And we talked about how we should be confronting conflict in the home in order to operate together. And today, we're going to be looking at confronting conflict in the church. And our subtitle today is going to be Church Unity, so that we can operate as one in the church. With that said, let's talk about our definitions. First definition is confronting, which is setting or standing face to face or in opposition or in presence of. Conflict, a striking or dashing against each other as of two moving bodies in opposition, a violent collision of substances, a fighting, combat contention, strife, contest. The church. Church is the collective body of Christians or of those who profess to believe in Christ and acknowledge Him to be the Savior of mankind. And our final definition is unity. The state of being one, oneness, oneness of sentiment, affection, or behavior. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We're going to start at the 12th verse. Now, your homework for this week is to go from the 12th verse to the 31st verse. I'm just going to do the first part of that. And uh, again, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31 is your homework so that you can get the wholeness of this. And I'm just going to go through the first couple of scriptures in that uh, that set that I just gave you. 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12, the English Standard Version says it like this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them 
as he chose. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to continue to read the rest of that, but I just wanted us to go. God has chosen to put us into this body. And as we said, we have differences. However, those differences should not be causing a division. They should be bringing us together. Now, I want to tie this in with what we discussed last week. Last week, we talked about the home and how conflict in the home causes issues that need to be resolved. But the one thing that I will want to say is, if we are having conflict in the home and we are part of a body of believers, sometimes what we will do is we will take uh, our effort, everything about us, and utilize it at the church because the church does not look at our uh, our deficiencies, does not talk about our deficiencies, does not see uh, the total us. So we enjoy being around the church folks more than we like being around the home folks. So a lot of folks spend more time at church than they do at home doing the things to make sure that the home is running straight because the church seems to be uh, an environment by which they like to be in. Because the church only sees their strengths, but at the home, the whole of them is revealed. So we want to bring out the fact that some folks like to be away from home. They'll stay at their job extra time. They'll, they'll do things at the church extra time because they don't want to deal with what's going on at the home to maintain the peace. Now, go next onto YouTube and check it out so you can get the full gist of the home peace uh, part of this series. And now, we're getting ready to jump into this thing of church unity. Now we understand, once you get out of the Gospels, one of the biggest things that is discussed is removing division and walking in the fact that we are one in Christ. We are constantly reading the epistles about putting away these things that are causing division and bringing in and adhering to the characteristics that bring about building, edifying, encouraging, doing those things that will cause us to operate in the power of what God has done through the actions of Jesus Christ. So we want to emphasize that, but... Because we are in this human flesh, sometimes our differences become the point of contention instead of our differences bringing us together to fulfill the wholeness of what God has called for us to do. You know, it's just like when people are, 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 are dating, the thing that usually draws them together are their differences. After they get married, the thing that causes them to come and visit with a counselor is the same thing that caused them to enjoy each other when they're dating because they begin to look at it with a different perspective. If we grab hold of the perspective of what it is to be like Jesus and showing love in all things, being loving in all things, 
making love the preeminence of how we interact with each other, wanting our actions to reflect how, if the roles were reversed, how we would want that person to act with us, I think it would cause us not to fall into that perception of this is a negative. Because that is something that happens so many times in the church. So we have this thing once we get saved that we are now a new creation, a new creature. We have this new design of how we're supposed to do things. And it's very easy for us to fall back into the old way. And so as we are going through this, we, we, we see uh, how this ends up, it, it has the potential of becoming like an autoimmune disease. An autoimmune disease is something where the uh, antibodies of, your of, your, of, your, of you begin to attack different organs in your body. And so if we don't properly treat ourselves we can become our own worst enemy as the church. If we don't walk in love, if we don't walk in peace, if we don't do the things that bring about unity, it causes us to begin to destroy what God has brought together. And so there are things that, uh, of course, with their sin and, 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 and things going on, there needs to be some correction. There needs to be some confrontation in that. And we need to go in with love in order to do that appropriately. And so sometimes we don't actually go after what is causing the division or causing the conflict. We actually just go at what we don't like about somebody instead of getting to the root of the issue. The root of the issue could be just simply a perception problem. Our eyes are not looking in the right direction or our minds are not focused on what is true, what is lovely, what is of good report, and because of that, we look at it as if it is so negative that we operate in a way that causes it to be magnified in the negative of our mindsets. So in the church, it's just like in the family, uh, we, we, uh, run into these disagreements, we run into these conflicts, and what's the, one of the biggest things that uh, arises out of that, once you peel back the onion and look at why is this going on, it typically is a misunderstanding. Somebody gets upset over a misunderstanding and begins to run with the misunderstanding instead of getting an understanding. There is a saying that it is better to understand than to be understood. If we seek to understand what the other person is saying, instead of us trying so hard to make sure that our point is understood, it causes us to communicate so much better so that we can get clarity and we can also say that a lot of times they're saying the same thing, but from your different perspectives and experiences. And so, 
when we run into these misunderstandings, we run into what I call putting your brain in somebody else's body. Because you think this way, then that's the way that they should have done it. And because they didn't do it your way, then they were wrong. Now, there can't be another way, but your way is the way. And because your way is the way, their way is wrong. And so we look at it like that instead of us trying to understand why they did it this way. Instead of asking questions to get clarity to why this was done like this so that you can understand where they were coming from. And when we do this, we uh, operate off of how we thought they should have done this instead of communicating with them. So then we are, have to correct them based upon how we're thinking. And because we're correcting them based upon how we're thinking, we are telling them that their way of thinking is wrong. And when you begin to do that, you begin to set up a moment of conflict and so instead of us allowing a division to, to come into play and to cause us to be separate or to cause us to bump heads the Bible tells us that how can two walk together unless they be in agreement so we want to walk side by side in order to fix whatever the issue is. In order to fix whatever the issue is, we have to have an understanding and identify the issue and then come up with a course of addressing and correcting the issue. But now, listen, this is going to happen. We are going to have conflict. We're going to have misunderstandings. These things are going to happen. But we just don't put them uh, uh, on the shelf, we just don't hide them. We don't. We don't not uh, interact with them. We interact with them so that we can walk in unity, so that we can walk in the power of what it is to walk in oneness. We have to remember that the church is made up of people who have accepted Christ into their lives. The church is not a building. The church is a mindset and a lifestyle. And so we want to make sure that we are operating in Christ-likeness. And so when we operate in Christ-likeness, then that means we are reflecting Jesus in what we do. And so we as a body reflect Jesus to those that are observing what we are doing. And we want to do it in a way that wants, that causes them to want to be a part of, not that they say, you're no different than what I am and how you're acting. There should be a difference in our conduct in the church. But we have to realize that communication is so significant in us resolving whatever the conflict is. That it is uh, important for us to communicate with each other to a point that many people will realize that we operate in unity because we effectively communicate with one another. This is the same type of things we talked about in the family. And if you notice, we don't go too far from that because as I said last week, the family is the basic structure for the 
Church is the basic structure for the establishment of a nation. It is the basic structure. So if we can get that basic structure of how we do business in the family, take that and operate it in our church and our uh, interaction with other people, guess what? We can strengthen the family so there's peace in the house and we can manifest unity in the church because we know how to communicate with one another. But what some sometimes what folks do, they say, well, I want to find folks that think like me, talk like me, walk like me, do like me. But guess what? That does not happen without communication. The oneness comes by us getting an understanding of one another so that we can uh, use how we think to lock into how they think, and then we can say, oh, we think alike, it's just how we see it is slightly different. But we can come on a common ground and move forward. So we want to operate as this body, knowing that we all have a part to do in the kingdom of heaven. That God has brought us together for a specific purpose, and it's the purpose that he has chosen for each one of us. He has placed each one of us in the body. He has taken our differences. He's taken our idiosyncrasies. He's taken the way that we talk, we walk, everything about us, and he's using that in that body, in that church, in order to declare who he is to the people. Now, the other part of this is the reason that we operate, uh, I believe that Paul brought up the, 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 uh, the, the metaphor of the, of the body is because not only do we share in the joy of what it is to operate in the oneness of the body, but there's also some situations that come that cause pain. And when we are injured in our body, there's certain reactions that we have. If you're touching something hot, your brain tells your hand to pull away. Instead of, and you know, if there's reactions. Now, pulling your hand away does not take away from the damage that maybe the heat has caused to your hand, but what it does, it causes your hand to come back, it causes you to do some things to your hand to try to make it feel better immediately because of the pain, so the whole body feels the pain and reacts to it, and then it tries to relieve the pain. And this is the same action that should happen in the body, there should never be a situation in the, in the church body whereby we are celebrating someone going through a traumatic experience with the attitude of that they deserve that or it serves them right. No, that's not how the body is supposed to operate. The way the body is supposed to operate is that we come alongside them and if they're crying, we cry along with them. We don't... Uh, Put them aside and say, oh, you're a crybaby and we don't want to have nothing else to do. And we come alongside them and strengthen them, encourage them. Even if they were wrong in what they were doing, we still come alongside so that we can restore them back to the, what God wants them to be and to do. So we have to operate in a way that empowers one another. That is the whole genesis of the church. It was birthed so that we can be reconciled back to the Father who created us so that we would bring glory to Him. And as we bring glory to Him, He then begins to do good things in our lives. 
And so we want to operate in that type of mindset. And so I'm not pointing out anything to any organization saying that you have this issue, you have this issue. We all have issues. But the key is us communicating to get an understanding of the root cause number one so that we can come up with a course of action number two so that we can execute and make a relief. Bring the unity. Do the things that are necessary to cause oneness in the body. Because that's our goal. Our goal is to operate in unity, in sequence, in uh, 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 synchronization of, one, of, of, of the body so that the body performs at its peak potential. It's just like an athlete. An athlete does things. It lifts and works out and does all these things to get its body to function all in unity. So when the opportunity presents itself, they perform at the highest level. And so we want to create that same thing in the body of Christ. We want to exercise. We want to exercise love. We want to exercise joy. We want to exercise peace. We want to exercise loving kindness one toward another. We want to let people know that we are Christians by the love that we show one to another. Not by what we wear, what we, uh, where we live, or anything like that. What matters is that we have accepted Christ in our lives. And because of what he's done for each and every one of us, no one has done anything to deserve what Jesus has done for us. But because we are able to accept the gift of eternal life, we should all have the mindset of, let's do this together. Because the power of unity causes people to see how the diversity of people can come together in order to accomplish a goal. And so when we really look at the context by what this uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is setting up, it's setting us up for 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, which is called the love chapter and tells us how love performs. It's not talking about people getting married. It's talking about, although we, a lot of us use that as the, the thing that we say during a wedding ceremony, but what it's talking about is the functionality of the church. Because it says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, and I did childish things, but now that I am no longer a child, I'm a man, now I have to change my mentality about how I do things. So instead of me being all selfish about things, I should be looking forward to helping someone else to succeed in what it is that they're trying to do. And so that we should seek to serve rather to be served. We should seek to edify one another higher than we try to edify ourselves so that we as a body can be uplifted, encouraged, and walking in the power of who God is in our lives. So my challenge to you today is this. Communicate effectively and efficiently. Do not walk into the situations with the attitude, they're wrong and I'm right. When we seek, we seek understanding. 
And when we get an understanding, then it is easier for us to come together and establish what it is that we need to do. Now, the final thing that I, I want to just address today is that do not get wrapped around the fact that I don't want to deal with what I have going on at home because I feel more comfortable with dealing with what I have going on at the church because what you have adversely going on at home will also come with you and adversely affect the church. So my point is, we got to make sure that we're fixing home while we're working on unifying, making oneness in the church. Because if we have the peace in the home, then we can have the oneness in the church. And next week we're going to talk about how we should be acting in, interacting in our workplaces. Because all three of these areas actually have an effect on one another. You can't just focus on one without it also contributing to the actions of the others. So if we want to get uh, uh, reduce the amount of conflict that we have in our lives, we should first start at home and reduce the conflict at home. Then when we run into conflicts at the church, because we've already had practice at home on how to resolve them, we can, should more readily be able to accomplish that at our church bodies. And then, uh, as we have done it in these areas, it should also become easy for us to get resolution at our workplaces. You see how God has this all set up. It's, it's not we are somebody at home, somebody at church, and somebody at work. We're the same person no matter what. We are to be the same person no matter what. And so there, our ability to resolve should be the same in all three of those letters. Say, hello, say amen and hallelujah somebody because that is the truth anyhow. With that being said, I want to close with this. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the very first thing. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is all that you need. And because you need peace in your home, you need Jesus. If you are attending a church location, but you have not accepted Jesus, you are a part of a, a body, but you are not in that body because the part of being uh, included in that body is having gone through the same steps as everyone in the body of Christ has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is a process that is an easy process. The Bible says that if you accept Jesus, it, it goes like this. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. There's not a ritual or anything that you have to go through, but it's that you have to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. And it says that when we do this, we, make our, we, we bring Jesus into our lives, and it makes us right with God. And when we're right with God, we are brought into the body of Christ because our relationship with the Father has been renewed.
If you made that decision today to accept Jesus into your life, we want to assist you along this journey. And so please contact us at info at godshousecc.com and we will get back with you. We will provide you with support. We will help you along this journey. I say this every time. This is not an individual sport. This is a team event. We are coming along as that body coming alongside you. Uh, bringing, bringing you along this journey of what God has planned for you. We want to assist you. We desire to assist you in helping you along that journey. Well, friends and family, this is episode number two of our series, Confronting Conflict, Church Unity. We hope that something is said that will propel you, that will cause you, ignite you to begin to seek to understand so that you can get an understanding so that you can get a resolution to the conflict. Until next Sunday, next week when we will see you, God's blessings be upon you, in Jesus' name.